Welcome to South Florida Sunday with our host, Patrick Franklin from the Urban League. What's going on, Patrick? This is Patrick Franklin, President and CEO of the Urban League of Palm Beach County, and I hope everybody's having a great Sunday. Um, today we have two ladies that have done so much work in the community when it goes to, and we're going to talk about the Roosevelt High School program that, that's been going on for many, many years. I have here with me Debbie Robinson, who's a retired school board member, and Debbie Range, who's retired educator, administrator, and, and the I would say the head of the high school uh, reunion effort, or Roosevelt, Debbie. Good morning. Good morning, Debbie. I am the president for the Palm Beach County African Diaspora Historical and Cultural Society. All right, so we got that title correctly. That's All a right. long title. <laughs> That's a long title. Yeah, we don't I, have I, a black I'm, historical society, but we I'm do now. I'm call you president. I'm sorry. I'm just going to call you president, okay? That's good. All right. <laughs> president Ray. That's right. Debbie Robinson, welcome to our Sunday morning talk show. Thank you. Good morning. Good. Ladies, um, last week we had the groundbreaking for the Roosevelt High School project. And Debbie, uh, Miss, Miss President, tell me in more detail the, the real title of, of the Roosevelt High School project. Okay, and Debbie is good. Okay. So the title is the Roosevelt Full Service Center. Mm -hmm. And it became that after integration uh, reduced it from Roosevelt High School to Roosevelt Middle School. And so from Roosevelt Middle School, it closed shortly, reopened as a full service center, and then eventually closed completely. To where we are, are, are right now. To today. where we are right now. But they're coming back with the full service center because of the curriculum that's going to be a part of the school system, um, uh, from the school system into Roosevelt Full Service Center. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the curriculum that's coming in, we eventually, we er earlier talked about engineering and math, as well as vocational center, as well as staff development. And the library and especially the museum. Okay. The museum was always tops on the agenda because we don't have that in West Palm Beach. We do have a museum in Delray Beach, but not in West Palm Beach. And it's too much history. The legacy is too rich. We owe it to our ancestors to refurbish Roosevelt, bring it back to his its glory, uh, to the grand statue it was because the ancestors fought so much to get the school there um, earlier they had gotten Industrial High School, which was the first black high school in South Florida. Right. Before Miami, before Fort Lauderdale, 1917. And they struggled to get that because all they had then were open-air schools. Open-air schools over in the first black settlement in Palm Beach. We stray away from the word sticks because African Americans would not have named their settlement their living their residents, the, the sticks, sticks, knowing right. the history of sticks. Right. And so you had open air schools in different parts of the community. Uh, those people who were able to provide that education while parents went to work, it was in their backyards. And of course, they provided that lunch for them as well. As the people continued to um, try to negotiate with the school district to build a high school. And of course, the school district said you have to provide your own land which they did, and they decided they wanted it at the highest of the hills in West Palm Beach so it could be a beacon, mm -hmm. so people could see it coming into the city from wherever they were. They prized education so much, and they constantly referred back to 
the four HBCUs we had prior to the Civil War. So when the Civil War opened, we had those four HBCUs. And so whatever, wherever people were, they always set up an entity for education. Uh, from here to, to, to the end of South Florida, all the way to the Glades, all over Florida and all over the nation, wherever black folks were, you could find that area where there was education right. for children and people to lead that effort. And when they didn't have a school before they started, it was in someone's home, someone's backyard, the church. And so hence, when we get fully started with the school here, it was Tabernacle Baptist Church that offered their building, that offered their basement for the school. And so those residents in Palm Beach would put their children in a boat and they would come across like in a ferry to attend school there. And as well as those who didn't, they stayed in the open air schools. But it was Tabernacle Baptist Church that went to the uh, Palm Beach Public School System then to say, we are going to offer our school for education until we can get the, the funds necessary so we could get resources and supplies. So when we do build a school, which was industrial high school, we will have everything we needed. So they appointed what they call trustees, District 9. They labeled them District 9 trustees. And as they went about every effort they did, every fundraiser, it was for this new school that was going to be at the top of the hill. So when you see UB Kinsey Palmview, that was industrial high school, which opened in 1917. First graduating class was 1929. Seven students graduated in that class. Wow. Wow. History. We need to share this even, I mean, to even greater depths than, than we have. Debbie, thank you so much for that. I want to come back to that historical, but mm-hmm. I want to bring Ms. Robinson in right, right now to talk about the effort that the school district and what, and what really transpired as you were a member of the school district to get to where we are today. Well, tell us of, of how that transpired with, with your assistance as a school board member. Okay, well, thank you. So, so you know my ancestors said you have to call me Dr. Robinson. Dr. Robinson, okay, okay, I'm sorry. I, I have gotten in trouble for letting I'll, that slide I before. I won't get that right. <laughs> okay. So, well, so, you know, I was first elected to the school board in 2000. Um, some, sometime shortly after that, um, primarily Roseville alumni came and said, you know, we want to restore that campus um, and I always say, too, it's historic academic prowess because they would brag and brag and brag about um, how strong they were academically. And then they would throw in the athletics. Right? Athletics. But, I heard that, too. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we had numerous meetings. There was no uh, funding from the school district at that time. But my thought was if we could create a shared vision, then we can go after it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, it, it took years and years before there was a shared vision. And um, shortly thereafter, uh, we managed to get uh, $10 million allocated in the the referendum. I think that was 2016, if I'm not mistaken. And so that kind of provided the impetus to to shift gears, right? So we started planning, um, and I can tell you that there were a lot of delays. Some of the delays actually... um, I would say we're intentional on my part, mm-hmm. right? Because as we started to paint the picture of this vision for the campus, we included, as Ms. Range said, the Black History Museum. Mm-hmm. I was bound and determined that they were not going to 
rebuild this campus and then as as an afterthought throw something in and call it a black history museum. Mm-hmm. So that kind of slowed things down. It kind of got slowed down by um by the pandemic as well. Mm-hmm. Um and then even before that it was kind of slowed by the development of the community vision, but you know, now we're off and running. Right. Yeah. In those in those early years when you talk about back in 2000 and as it progressed to where we are today, were there times that you thought that it would never get to this point? Of course. There were so many obstacles. In fact, at the at the groundbreaking, someone was interviewed me, and I said, you want me to pull up my shirt and show you my scars? Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there were, there were so many obstacles. It seemed that almost any direction you turned, there was an effort, intentional or unintentional. I think some was unintentional. I remember over, over the years going to meetings at Roosevelt Middle School, <laughs> several meetings that, that, that occurred over the, over the years that were were I thought were the, were the starting point, and then it just kind of went away for a while or, or, or kind of drifted for a, a little bit. But, you know, at the groundbreaking that, that, that was held uh, last week, it, it was such an emotional time for so many of the alumnus who, who, right. who, who were there. Um, I don't, how old was the, was the oldest person? Was it Mr. <laughs> McDonald maybe or from, from one of those early, early years? More than likely, I believe Mr. McDonald was the only one there. And maybe there could have been a couple others who graduated from, from his class. Industrial High School. Yes. With, yeah, from his class. Wow, and it, it was such a pleasure to, to, to see him there. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you could just tell by the smile that, that was on his face what that meant to him. Uh, well, can I day. mention Go right ahead. something about Mr. McDonald? Mr. McDonald is the, I'm going to say, in my observation mm-hmm. and reflection, the one person who most steadfastly pushed this forward. Okay. No matter, there were a lot of different factions. Mm-hmm. Mr. McDonald was the one who said, let's keep our eyes on the prize he and stayed the go course. together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And he pulled people together. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so, I mean, I was really thrilled to see him there. It would not have been the same if he was not there to see it. Oh, you know? I, I, I was just so, so glad to see him there. Um, S. Bruce McDonald was, uh, you know, you know, he was. He spent a, a little bit over a year as the head of the Urban League too, mm-hmm. um, as as he was retired, mm-hmm. right d- d- during that time. And I always thank him when I see him for doing doing the work that he did to keep us going. That's right. At, That's the, right. at the Urban League of Palm Beach County, what what a, what a wonderful individual that this community really treasures. Uh, you know, for all the work that that he's done and his family, because he he That's would tell right. me, no, I, I haven't done nothing. It it, it was my mother who did this or and, 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 and on and on and on uh, about that um, what is we, we talked a little bit about the past and as, as we go forward and we talked about about the museum coming up what other details are in the plans or should we expect to see on the site okay so we're looking at um, vocational classes which we always need and which Roosevelt had so we not only had a strong academic structure, we had a, um, a business um, curriculum as well. We had the, um, the building that's still called the auto mechanics and carpentry and the painting so that students always had an option because everybody was not going to, going to college. Mm-hmm. We also had a um, curriculum for 
cosmetology. And that was a whole separate portable where all those classes were taught and the young ladies received hands-on experience. And so you could come to Roosevelt on any day and see a huge car pulled up inside the building and they were learning the parts. The instructors were just awesome and directed the students on how to take the engine out, take it apart, name mm -hmm. all the parts, put it back together, paint it, and make it look like an authentic brand new automobile. And the same thing with uh, carpentry, where they did cabinet making and learning how to paint everything that you, you thought you could do. And they got a little bit of plumbing on the side, which was not a part of the original curriculum. Okay. And so where, as I was saying to the, to the crowd at the groundbreaking, how stoic and how to the course that Mr. Sales, who was the second principal, stayed mm -hmm. in spite of the, the obstacles, in, in spite of the distractions, he made sure that he hired teachers who knew what was in the textbook and how to get it from point A to point B, the students. Because often, if the books um, were delayed, they came in very poor shape. Mm -hmm. And so I have to always take my hat off to the instructional staff. Mm -hmm. I applaud them because when I went to college, I really knew how far ahead I was of some of the other students. And not only were our teachers well-trained, when they decided to get their master's degrees, they automatically applied to University of Florida, knowing they would get turned down, mm -hmm. but also knowing they could apply to the state to go to grad school. And of course, the state was going to tell them, apply to FAMU, they have one or two courses in their master's program. And they were astute enough to say, that's not what I want my major in. And because of the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause, they said either build them their own school or let them in or pay for their education wherever they could go. So when you look at the yearbooks and see their names, their pictures, and you see where they got the undergrad degree, then you look and see where they got the master's, NYU, University of Iowa. Um, some went to Stanford. Everywhere. 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 And they went and did not have a bill to pay. I, I totally agree. Dr. Robinson, how, how important has it been for the school district to play the role they have played in this project? Well, I mean, it's school district property, right? Absolutely. So mm -hmm. they, had, they had to play some role. Mm -hmm. I mean, they came along kicking and screaming, you know. So I, I will say this, though. So, you know, the project is in two phases, right? So the groundbreaking the other day was for phase one. What phase one will include is the renovation of the gym as a multi-purpose cultural arts center. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could you could rent it for family reunion dinners and so forth, right? Um, it could also be used as a training site for, you know, like professional development or other classes. Mm -hmm. um, the, the building that uh, Ms. Range referred to that I know is the welding building. Um, the building off to the side, right, um, yeah. right, right to the north of, of the gym. That's right. correct. Right. Yeah, that's going to be refurbished, mm -hmm. and then, um, and I think that's where some of the more traditional, I'm gonna call them traditional vocational programs, will be. Mm -hmm. And then there's a new twenty thousand square foot. Um, I think it's labeled a technical arts building, but that will include um, cosmetology, mm -hmm. IT. Mm -hmm. And at this moment, I can't even remember what else. But uh, it w the the range of courses will not be as broad as they were at Historic Roosevelt, mm -hmm. um, but bringing back some of those um, classes and trainings that have been traditionally considered vocational. But the unique thing is, 
and I'm hoping that the school district is going to follow through on this, is that I did a lot of work trying to show people what was happening in Broward that I would hope would happen here. Okay. So they have some technical, they call them technical colleges, that have three different um, components or three different ways of being a student in these classes. Um, you could be there 9 through 12 for high school. You could go to your home high school and then come to the campus half a day each day or several days a week during your 11th and 12th grade year for the specialty training, mm -hmm. or you can come as an adult. So hopefully we will be replicating that to some extent at Historic Roosevelt and Historic Carver and North Tech, right? Mm -hmm. So at Historic Roosevelt, the plan at the time that I left the board was that we would have the adult ed component, Right? And then also the component where students come from surrounding high schools. So mm -hmm. you might have somebody that, say, attends um, Forest Hill High School who comes there part of the school day to take cosmetology. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And so um, so it, that will be a little bit different than it's almost... It's actually kind of similar to what used to happen at North Tech, South Tech, mm -hmm. and so, West Tech. So we're going to attract students but, from, mm -hmm. from different areas to come there. For part of the for day. For part of the curriculum mm -hmm. that, that's being for offered. For part of the day. Okay. For their specialty curriculum that they sign up for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good, very good. Um, Ms. Range, how, how many former students are involved in the project or, or have been involved over the years? You know, I can't give you a number, I'm Ballpark pretty sure two. from the first graduating class of 51 up until um, 1970, I'm, I know the numbers tipped into the thousands. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, we, we had so many students because with, with Industrial being the first black high school and even with Roosevelt being there in 1950, you had so many other school districts where the education stopped at eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so parents entrusted their children over in West Palm Beach to live with families so they could go to school during the week while they worked, many of them mig migrants and some in other professions. But they entrusted their children to come over to West Palm Beach, live with a family, go to school during the week, and if it was possible, they could go home during the, on the weekend. Hi, and in, so, in, in your estimation, how, how far did a student travel to come to that school? I would say from, well, I would say from, from Bell Glade, as far as Bell Glade. Maybe Fort and Pierce from, too? And from, from South County seat, and from, well, Fort Pierce had Lincoln Park Academy. Okay. And Daytona Beach had, had Campbell Street. And so sometimes parents had to go that route. It depended, especially with migrants, where the work was. Mm -hmm. And if they, and they would just put feelers out. And sometimes the um, the the homes they lived in didn't know the parents, but they knew it was about education. Right. So sometimes it did go that far, and sometimes parents had to send their children even farther where there was a distant relative, mm -hmm. and so who would live with them, go to school, until they could come back. Dr. Robinson, I know you have to go right now, but thank thank you so much for joining us and giving us some insight, and we look forward to speaking with you in the future. Thank you, Miss Range. We're going to continue our, our conversation. For a little bit, for a little bit longer. Um, one of the questions that 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 I've had, and when you talk about having a museum in uh, a black museum in in the at, on the grounds, 
let's talk about it. is Miss Hudnell's exhibit going to be part of that also? Yeah, we we are looking forward to that. We are working in partnership, our historical society and the African American Research Library and Cultural Center. It's called Arlick, um, where Annie Ruth. Um, Nelson, Nelson. Mm-hmm. is the president. We've been working collaboratively together. So we're looking at um, having uh, resources and access to several collections where we can put that on together. And uh, through a unified front, uh, people will see that it doesn't matter if you drop it off at, at Arlick or drop it off at the Historical Society for the time being for that exhibit, that they will get to see that. Mm-hmm. and get to see the importance of preservation, the, the importance of telling the story behind it from our perspective. Telling your own story, your own history is so important. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then um, letting the families know that um, this is your history. We've brought it in for a little bit, um, and as we get space, we can hold it for them, but it does belong to the families. This morning, for those of you who just joined us, we're talking with Ms. Debbie Range here about the um, historic Roosevelt High School um, reclamation project that, that, that's going on right now. Ms. Range, how can someone get in touch with your organization if they wanted to volunteer, donate, or, or, or just be a part of it? Okay, so both of our organizations have websites, <clears throat> and you can find it at um, pbchcs.org um, his- or .com, and the same for OLEG, which is... Um, A-A-R-L-C dot org. So I think if you just put in those um, words and Google it, it will pop up. Um, And we are, uh, and I'm on Facebook. We're both on Facebook as well. Okay, very good. And um, I know there's some of our listeners there who who are very much uh, thrilled to to see the project really uh, go forward. And I'm waiting to see what, what, what it looks like. Um, who would you like to thank in the development and, and to stay for? You, you mentioned, uh, Doc, Dr. Robinson mentioned Bruce McDonald, but that someone may not have, have even thought about is that that personal group in the background that, that has always been there pushing to get this done. Well, one group in the background that sometimes they don't get the credit or people don't see them are the alumni members from Industrial High School. And they all say their class was the best. I, I, I've heard that over and over again. <laughs> right. You know, and, and even my, my bonus um, grandmother who finished in 1947 from industrial, they have been pushing, encouraging us, as well as telling the history as we've been able to. We've had an oral history project where we're recording them telling the history. But that is one group that has been consistent. They have been um, intentional. Mm-hmm about not only sharing that history, but providing as much information and resources. And so I, I do a um, huge thank you, thanks for gratitude and appreciation to them. Mm-hmm. And they just, uh, they're hoping they live to see, you know, it actually come to fruition. So especially thanks to them. Right. But, you know, we, we don't cover the western part, the Belglade area as much. And there are several people over there who are real key. And in particular... The Poole family. Okay. Um, their father um, was Harvey Poole, and of course he was instrumental in being able to work with Mrs. Uh, Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune and Mrs. Eleanor Roosevelt when they came to survey the area to find out why there wasn't a high school there. 
And so, of course, they met Mr. Poole, who uh, worked with housing, and he was the um, uh, radio disc jockey there as well. And he only met um, Dr. Bethune first, who did the tour. Then he took him, took him to the school board office to request this black high school, and they told him no. And she said, I'll be back. Okay. And when she came back, she came back with Mrs. Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And after he did the tour and showed what the, how deplorable the housing was, how much needed the schools were, and took them to the school board meeting, and they told Ms. Roosevelt no. And she said, I will be back. Wow. And, of course, when she did come back, she was coming back for the groundbreaking of Everglades Vocational Tech. Yes. Which, um, which opened, and, of course, they, 1941. Many thanks to all those individuals and families who really did all they could to make sure that we could we, that we are where we are today. Miss mm-hmm. um, Range, it, it's been a pleasure to to look at the historical past, and I would love for you to come back and talk more about the historical history of our communities that that we have here, because so many times people don't understand and and realize how we named streets after after certain people and 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 the high schools and and the schools and education and businesses that that were thriving here in this community many years ago who are no longer here but uh one last question when we when we talk about the timeline when do we expect to see phase one completed and phase two completed when we're looking at tentatively they said the fall of 2025, maybe towards the end of 2025. And at the same time, they're looking at breaking ground for phase two, which will be the uh, historic museum and the uh, research library as well. So tentatively, we know how construction schedules go, yep. but we are add, working add closely with them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're, looking, we're working closely with us. They've been very amenable. Um, and we have to salute and say thank you to Joe Sanchez and especially to the superintendent, Mike Burke. Mike Burke, yes. Um, and, and as I thanked people on at the groundbreaking, I thanked Dr. Robinson just for her steadfastness and yes, hanging in there was. with this project, not from here, not a graduate of the school. And then we thanked um, school board member Edwin Ferguson, Ferguson for picking up the baton from where she left it and moving forward with this. Well, very good. Miss mm-hmm. Range, thank you for, ha- for being with us um, on Sunday morning. I'd just like to close out with a few uh, items for the Urban League of Palm Beach County. For those of you, again, I've been talking about this salt halo therapy for the last couple of weeks. Come and um, enjoy 15 minutes of therapeutic uh, relief if you have sinus problems or respiratory issues along COVID. We have a, uh, a free therapeutic session. You can come to the Urban League and um, come and see if it helps you, okay? You can reach us at, at 561-833-1461. As always, we will be having uh, our monthly first-time homebuyers counseling classes. And uh, look for our um, – go to our website at uapvc.org. You can get more information on, on the events of the Urban League of Palm Beach County. Thank you all for, for joining us today, and have a great Sunday.